Section two of Violet Osborne. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Monica Rolly. Violet Osborne by Lady Emily Ponsonby. Volume one, chapter two. A mind by nature indisposed to aught so placid so inactive as content the excursion i heard you say you were going to the exhibition of the royal academy to-morrow afternoon violet said albert to his cousin one evening two years after the date of the last chapter may i go with you certainly we shall like it shall we not mamma be here at four o'clock and we will take you but this is a new fancy albert i never knew you to care about pictures before one need not to care about one wants to go everybody is going besides i suppose one may sometimes fancy a new thing people don't always run in the same track they would be nice ignoramuses if they did you have no reason then for wishing to go violet persisted looking as if she was convinced he had none in particular lester went the other day and talked about the pictures and so i thought i should like to go violet laughed and nodded but albert not observing her went on he says there is a little picture there that nobody seems to notice which is worth all the others put together and who made mr lester a supreme judge of pictures violet asked ironically his own good taste i suppose i cannot tell why it is violet but you seem to have no pleasure so great as cutting up lester i see no fun in it at all mr lester does provoke me i own always forming strange opinions and setting up his opinion against the world lester setting himself up against the world exclaimed albert in surprise and indignation what extraordinary fancies you do have lester who is too shy poor fellow to express his opinions at all and only neglected because he is too humble and different to allow his merit to be seen mr lester shy and defiant my dear albert i'm quite tired of hearing all the strange things he says he talks to me because i like to hear him but he talks to very few besides because most people are too full of themselves to draw him out he never says strange things and if i tire you it is my fault not his he never tired anybody poor fellow and since you are so unjust violet i will never mention him though he is my best friend any more he spoke with so much warmth that violet's interest was excited why do you say neglected albert she asked mr lester is a lawyer is he not i suppose he will get on in his turn as others do he is neglected because he is too shy to put himself forward i don't suppose there is such a modest retiring man in europe but it's only for a time he's too clever to be overlooked and some day poor fellow he will be appreciated as he ought to be during albert's last two speeches a very singular change took place in violet's mind 
she had hitherto without knowing mr lester indulged in an antipathy to him simply because her cousin appeared to look up to him she had set him down in her vivid imagination as a young intolerable prig and as such a proper object for her dislike and sarcasm but there was that in her nature which ever stood up for the oppressed and stooped down to the neglected observers who were very desirous to discover the flaws in human virtue would have said this disposition sprang from the love of patronizing and of power and undoubtedly this was violet's temptation but the fault had wound about the virtue after it had grown up the root was in her own generous and kindly nature albert's few words regarding the fortunes of his friend dispelled him from her fancy in his first priggish form and the new version of a young retiring genius springing up in its place all her sympathies became enlisted in his favour in less than a minute the transformation from dislike to interest was effected and she began to plan kindnesses to encourage modest merit do you think mr lester would go with us to the exhibition to-morrow albert she inquired after a short silence we could take him as well as you and it would be a means of making acquaintance i feel sorry for him after what you have said i am sure he would said albert delighted i think i can answer for that he knows you all too well from my description to be shy about it or if he is i can soon persuade him all he wants poor fellow is for people to come forward to meet him do you know violet i have so often wished you would notice him then why did you never say so she asked with quickness because i did not choose he is a great deal too good to force upon anybody if you did not like to know him i did not wish you to know him but i am very much obliged to you now mamma cried violet approaching her mother and kissing her you will not mind our taking albert's friend with us to-morrow shall you i have told him you will the question was asked with violet's accustomed dutiful attention to her mother but it was a mere form mrs osborne had no will but her daughter's the two years that had passed had brought its natural changes to both violet and albert the manners of both had lost their first marked freshness and been toned into the softer manners of common life with albert the change ended here he was in mind still a boy careless and wayward yet with good dispositions and some shrewd perceptions into man and things he had lately been called to the bar and he dawdled away a large portion of his time among lawyers and law books attending trials and propounding questions snatching up with instinctive quickness many pieces of valuable information but eschewing all the profounder part of the profession on which he had entered with violet the changes had gone deeper at seventeen she had been a lively sweet-tempered wilful girl a spoiled child unspoiled at nineteen she was a woman with a woman's thought and feeling lively sweet-tempered and wilful still but thinking much and questioning her thoughts she had passed through the severe ordeal of two seasons as a reigning beauty rich lovely and inviting in manner 
sought flattered and loved but the spoiled beauty was like the spoiled child unspoiled she did not think little of herself she knew she was very charming thought so and rejoiced in the thought but the knowledge exercised no influence on her mind and manners she was as simple and honest as when a child as careless of herself as thoughtful for others as earnestly desirous to do what she considered right and to be all that she ought to be if her standard was not high it was true and truth is the best of foundations violet expected with some interest the arrival of albert and his friend she was at the age when fancy is busy and of the temperament when it is vivid and fancy gives to the simplest events of life an importance of its own with a disappointment therefore most disproportioned to the real importance of the circumstance she saw albert arrive alone well albert and where's mr lester she said eagerly albert not having given to the invitation as much thought as violet had answered indifferently oh he was very sorry violet but he could not come violet coloured of all things i hate she said with warmth it is for people to break their engagements it was no engagement violent that is it was none of his he was very sorry and very much obliged and would have liked it but he was particularly busy to-day and could not help himself you must ask him another time the vision of the modest youth and bashful genius faded from violet's fancy and the intolerable prick resumed his place i see mr lester is just what i thought he was she observed quickly gives himself airs to make his importance felt i am very glad he did not come for i know i should hate him lester give himself airs poor fellow what extraordinary fancies you do have i say violet i think you are the oddest mixture i ever knew there is nobody more good-natured than you can be but at the same time i know nobody so ill-natured or so easily vexed if people don't receive your kindness just as they are meant you should learn to be more calm and not flurry about trifles violet's truthful conscience told her he was right she could not bear the shadow of ingratitude and was certainly prone to expect large returns for her kindnesses she coloured angrily but refrained from the sharp words she would willingly have returned to this plain-spoken admonition without being a connoisseur violet was fond of painting and had an instinctive appreciation of what was good she and her mother the eyes of the latter instructed by her daughter went slowly through the rooms of the exhibition leisurely examining such good things as were to be seen albert lounged about by himself discovering what was good and what was bad without one rule of art to guide him come here he exclaimed suddenly coming up to violet in the second room i have found the thing lester likes and i want you to look at it it's a very good thing and you will like it too assuring him she should not like it violet followed him the picture was called in the catalogue 
ruth's first-born son and the subject was treated with a grave simplicity and pathos which while it glaringly attracted no attention riveted attention when once it was caught the position of naomi bearing away the child as her own the glad thankfulness in the eyes of the young mother and something of awe and prophecy in those of both as they followed it were depicted with a master's hand yet such a master's hand as seemed unconscious of the effect he produced homely and harmonious without effort or caprice violet looked and was touched she had expected some eccentricity of genius some strange thing which the young prick had chosen to patronize she could not conceal her surprise yes she replied in answer to albert's inquiry it is very pretty but i don't understand why mr lester likes it it is not at all the sort of thing i should have expected a young man to choose a young man my dear violet has quite a good taste as a young woman i can assure you said albert with dignity i mean that i wonder at the subject interesting him it is all so simple and all about a baby but there may be particular thoughts about the baby and there are i can see that myself the baby was something or somebody i am pretty sure and they seem all to be thinking about it yes so he was said violet thoughtfully the grandfather of david and therefore yes i see what you mean still i am surprised it is not at all what i should have expected mr lester to like and i am very sorry too she added laughing because i agree with him in liking it best and that is very disagreeable to me why i don't see why said stupid albert because i hate him and i don't want to agree with people i hate but come with us now to the miniatures we have not much more time and we must look at them before we go in the miniature room another surprise awaited her regarding the individual who seemed suddenly destined to engage her thoughts who is that albert she exclaimed pointing to a crayon head above the rows of miniatures i think it must be somebody and i like it it was the head of a man not an intellectual abstraction not a poetical study but a man seeming to live and breathe on the canvas the features of the face were marked and strong yet the expression of countenance was very soft and there was something in the grave sweetness of the dark eyes which arrested the spectator with a force he could not withstand why it's lester it must be cried albert sizing the catalogue yes sure enough john lester esq well this is the most extraordinary thing i ever knew that mr lester exclaimed violet almost stupefied with her surprise yes and a capital likeness the very man but what i can't understand is how it comes to be here i should have thought he was the last man in the world who would have made an exhibition of himself that is true said a voice behind them proceeding from a pale clever-looking young man but mr lester never refuses a boon to a person in distress i asked him to sit to me and he consented and having succeeded beyond my hopes 
he allowed me to make of my studies such use as i could violet was startled at this sudden explanation but albert who with the exception of this picture's appearance was never surprised at anything quietly replied thank you that is just like him i hope it has been of use to you it has already in some degree and as since its appearance here it has been approved by very competent judges i have good hope that it will be still more so but do not let me interrupt you and bowing the young man disappeared we ought to be careful how we speak in a crowd said albert composedly so i have been quite wrong said violet i thought mr lester was a young man young why so he is do you call two and thirty old i call it a very good age not the least bit of a boy and there was contempt in the emphasis but albert what puzzles me is this if mr lester is as he seems to be such a very superior person how does he come to be your friend ah violet said albert nodding his head you are quite in the wrong box it is not your clever people who appreciate superior characters they are too full of themselves to care i may not be very clever but i know what is worth liking better than clever ones do i believe you mean to give me a hint said violet laughing i dare say i am a great deal too full of myself and think myself much cleverer than i am but if you suppose i do not appreciate superior people you are wrong goodness and worth is what i look for as a jeweller hunts for diamonds and when i find a grain of goodness i feel as elated as the jeweller does so now i want to make acquaintance with mr lester and you must bring him to us i will manage it replied albert with dignity but you must remember he is shy and not be surprised if you find him dull at first he will not be shy with me no one is so albert it is a settled thing and don't let me be disappointed but dear mamma she suddenly exclaimed how i have been talking and how tired of standing you must be not at all dear i like to look about me and that pointing to the crayon head which had occupied so much of the conversation of her companions is a very pleasing contenance look in the catalogue and see whose picture it is albert who never could become accustomed to his aunt's infirmity stared at this request but violet obeyed and gave the information she desired and of volume one chapter two recording by monica raleigh